Welcome to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast. All right, welcome into a special edition, quick reaction episode of the Yak Sports podcast, your Augusta County sports. Uh, we're here in middle of the week, in middle of our usual week, uh, because Coach Robert Casto has stepped down at Riverheads High School as head football coach. Uh, we wanted to get on and share our uh, opinions about this, but we were also lucky enough to have an interview with him. Uh, Joe Deck is with me like normal. Uh, it was it was surprising news this morning, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see that he was retiring this year. But, uh, you know, as we'll hear in the interview, uh, he has his reasons and I can't argue with those reasons. Yeah. So we will get quickly to the interview. I do want to remind all our listeners, if this is the first time you're listening, especially we do this every week, uh, about every Tuesday night, we drop an episode of our podcast. We talk about the sports that are important to you, the Augusta County sports fan. But even those of you outside of Augusta County sports that, you know, play a lot of these teams would probably care about a lot what we talk about. We also uh, talk about UVA, Virginia Tech sports, and uh, sometimes we reach up to the pros too. So if you like what you hear, come on back to us, subscribe, Follow us on Twitter, Yak Sports Pod on Twitter, um, and uh, make sure you stick with us. But I do want to introduce the interview. Uh, Coach Casto is very uh, um, nice enough to sit down, talk with me tonight. He hasn't talked to a whole lot of people today. He had a great uh, um, interview with Hubert uh, from the Waynesboro paper there and uh, the News Virginian. And uh, I went from that on, tried to get some more detail about how he looked at his coaching career. Uh, early, we talk about his decision. Then we move into uh, what's left there at Riverheads. And then at the end, what I found really interesting, he, he talks about kind of where how Riverhead sits and what they've been able to do and, and compares uh, to other teams in the locally and the state. So uh, stick around, listen to the whole thing, and we'll be back after the interview with our thoughts of the interview. All right, back here on the Yak Sports Podcast, a special podcast here tonight where we are interviewing Coach Robert Casto after the news of the day that, uh, Coach, you're stepping away from football. Coach, thanks for coming on with us tonight. Hey, it's my pleasure, Leland. Always uh, fun to talk with you and, and, and the <laughs> listeners out there. So what makes now the right time? This has been coming for a couple of years, and, and you know, my decision has very little to do with, with football at all. Um, you know, I, there comes a time in your life when, you, you know, you've had enough. Um, and, again, it, it's, not, it's not anything personal, but I think for myself, I've just become selfish. You know, I went through a real bad stage for a couple of years where my health was not good, and, and it, I just got to the point where I, I want to spend time with my wife. I think she still likes me and I still like her. And, and you know, from August until December, we don't even know what the leaves look like in, unless we look out in our yard. We never go anywhere. It's seven days a week football. And, and I'm one of those guys that I'm not going to short anything and I'm not going to short our kids. And I'm going to make sure that our, our football team is always in the right position to, to be successful. And, and as a coach, you have to do those things. And, and I'm in a position where as you start getting older, you know, it's it's time becomes really precious to you, and it's become precious to me. And and I think any time you have health issues, you know that kind of plays a part. And 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 I said it earlier in the week when I when I met with Hubert and and we we did a nice uh, he did a nice interview for the News Virginian. And you know, it just there there comes a time when you have to look after you, and you and you have to be able to do things that that you want to do. And and I think this becomes that time when did you make this decision 
Well, I've been, you know, I've been contemplating for, you know, a couple of years and, and last year with, with the health issue that I had with my heart and, and atrial fibrillation, and I don't want to get all into health stuff, but, but, you know, they, they took good care of me and I had a procedure and I've been fortunate enough to, to, to drop some weight and, and I just feel so good. You know, I, I feel really good. And, you know, so often these guys stay in, and we stay in coaching for so long and, and all of a sudden we're, we're too old to do anything. And the next thing you know, instead of us being able to enjoy our ourselves, football has encompassed us for our whole life. And next thing you know, we're dead. And I don't think that's something I'm looking for right now. So you're going to stay at Riverheads uh, and uh, teach physical education? I'll teach PE and driver's ed. I like it. I like being around the kids. Um, I, I think I can still be, uh, you know, a, a valuable person to, you know, the community at Riverheads. And I'm certainly not going to interject myself with anybody, but if a new coach comes in and he wants my opinion, I'll certainly give it to him. I'm, I'm bad about giving my opinion anyhow, but, but you know, I won't be that guy that's in people's business. I'll, I'll do my thing. Um, and you know, the good thing about, about teaching, there are a lot of kids in my classes that have no idea that we've won 200 games or whatever we've done or won six states. I'm just a gym teacher. And, and for me, that's important. And, you know, I like being around the kids and I think they, I can still, motivate kids and communicate with them. And as long as I can still do that, I, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy getting up every day and being around the energy of the young people. And, and again, I love football and I, and I haven't disliked it, but there, there comes a time, I think, and, and I think we all, we all know that when it hits that, you know, I, I want to go do something else. And, and I'm not the guy that's going to, you know, I, I'm not the big tuna and I'm retiring tomorrow and come back next week and going somewhere else. If I come back in football, it'll be at Riverheads. I have no idea that that I will or that I won't, but they'll not see me interviewing other places. I'll not go somewhere else. Um, you know, I, I'm not unhappy. I like it there. I like where I am right now in my life, and you know, my kids are growing up, and and I just want to have time to to do things that I want to do, and, and you know, and and there's things that that we'd like to do as a family we like to camp and you in the best time to camp and and enjoy the outdoors is august september um and, and i don't have those times when you're when you're working seven days a week you don't have it, that time to do it and i've been doing this for 33 years and and you know 47 of my 54 years i've been involved in football either as a player or as a coach and that's a long time to and and we've been fortunate enough to go into december several times and and sometimes you just want to see what else happens out there. How do you think that first Friday, you know, you, you just said you've, you've done it 47 years. You've, you've been a player, a coach, and, I mean, the last 30-plus, every Friday night you know what you're doing in the fall. How do you think that first Friday in late August, early September, how do you think that's going to go? <laughs> well, and, and I'll be totally honest with you, that part of me, doesn't, that doesn't worry me. Um, I've been there, done that. I've experienced more stuff than most folks can ever imagine. I don't have any buyer's remorse. I, Leland, what more do you think I could do as a football coach? And I'm not being big-headed about stuff. I've won. I've been a part of six state championship games. We've won well over 200 games. I've had hundreds and hundreds of awesome young men that, you know, they're now adults. And, you know, you, I don't think that – you know, will you miss the hot dog smeller or the hamburger burning or whatever, the <laughs> smells and the, the the atmosphere? You know, will you miss that? For me, I don't think I will. I think I'll miss the laughter of the kids, the joking, the, 
you know, the, the seriousness and, and, you know, the happiness that, that kids have. Looking at your career coaching, maybe some self-reflection here. Think about you as a coach, you know, 23 years ago when you first took on being head coach at Riverheads compared to now and compare yourself to yourself 23 years ago and, and talk about some of the changes that you've made and how you've approached things differently or, or talk about even some of the things that have stayed the same. I think a lot of things have, have stayed the same, but I will tell you this, that once you have your own kids, you treat them differently. Um, 23 years ago, I probably was a lot meaner than what I am today. You know, I keep getting this bad. <laughs> I, I think so. I, I can probably agree you with know, that. I think I mellowed a lot. I have my own kids, and the first thing I think of is, would I want somebody talking to my child like that? Or would I want somebody treating my kid like that? And for me personally, you know, I think today and, and for the last 10 to 15 years, because of my own children, you know, I have more of an understanding of kids and, and just the, the, the fact that, they're somebody's child, and you know I, I'm entrusted in the fact that these you know these parents give me the opportunity to be around their kid every day, and they trust me, and and it's my job to 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 not hurt anything, you know, to not not cause any problems, and make that kid hopefully a you know help the help the parents along the way. I'm certainly not their parent or their dad, but you know I, I'm just a, you know someone that can hope help you know help that kid along to get to where he needs to be to be a productive person and you know, a great husband someday and, and viable person in society. I mean, that's the whole goal of, of all of it. It's not about winning football games and all that stuff. It's it's more about teaching kids about life lessons and things that, you know, we hope that, that people are teaching with football and, and sports in general. And, and you know, that, that for me, that's a big thing. And I know I've changed over the years. Talk about some of the teams that you've had um, over those years. Um, you know, you've had a lot of winning, and it's it's spread out across those uh, twenty three years at Riverheads pretty well. But talk about some of those some of those teams, some of the highlight. You know, as, more as a team uh, seasons. Talk about some of the big moments. You know, there have been so many, and and there's so many young people, and I've had so many emails today from you know former kids and. There, there's just so many, so many memories that you take with it, and, and you know, and the funny part of the whole thing is, and, and in all honesty, there's not a whole lot of difference today as there were teams that I had 20 plus years ago. Kids are the same. There's not a whole lot of difference. Uh, I've had so many brothers that have come along. I've taught cousins. I've had brothers. I've had, you know, I've had these kids' parents. I've coached their parents, and you know, I, I, there have been so many good things, and you know, there have been some sad times along the way, but. You know, for the most part, I, I really don't, you know, I keep hearing all this stuff about how kids have changed and parents have changed and we've got helicopter labels and we've got labels on all these things. And I, I firmly believe that kids are kids. They're 15, 16 year olds. Ah, of course, they've got better technology now than they got quick media stuff and everything's is out there right now. But kids are kids. Kids are vulnerable. You know, they, they're looking for a leader. They're looking for, you know, somebody to to be in charge and they want to know where the line is and and you know and I think that's our role as as educators and as coaches is you know to help these kids to grow up a little bit I know when I played for you I saw you really affect specific kids I mean I think um I think you know you could see you could recognize the kids that maybe needed a little more attention than others, um, whether what they ever had going on away from the field or away from the football team. 
Is there any specific players that really stick out to you when you look back? You know, you had a great honor of going up there for senior uh, day at Pittsburgh recently for Big Mike and, and um, you know, him or other players. Um, can you think back of, about any of those? That, any, any, for example? You know, there are, but, but – I I've been this way my whole life, you know. I've never singled kids out, and I've never put kids on the spot because there, there are a lot of kids out there that need a lot of, you know, they need something, and football is that something. And you know, I, I've certainly had so many along the way that have touched me, and and you know, maybe I've, you know, had had a, had a little impact on them too. And and I and the biggest reward is when you see them come back, and. You know, I had a kid say to me one time, I really apologize because I was a knucklehead when I played. And, and I said, yeah, you were, but you're a man now. You know, you're not 16 years old anymore. And, and you know, that's that's really rewarding to see that kids, they they know that, you know, they, they knew they had to to get disciplined, so to speak. And, and, and they appreciate that, or at least I hope they do. And that's, and that's part of the whole thing. Again, those are things that you miss as a coach. You know, you miss those interactions with young people. And, and you know, I'm in the infancy of it. I, I don't know how it'll hit me. Um, but we'll see. What do, you, what do you think you'll miss the most? I mean, what aspect of football, like what's the one or two things you really think you will miss? Is it the smell of the hot dog stand? No. What, what is it? I think it's the little things. It's the going in the locker room and seeing the kids before practice and, and the little routines that they have, interacting with my coaches. I mean, these guys, we've been together for 20-some years. These guys, I mean, you know, they know a lot about me and I know a lot about them and, our, you know, our inner circle of people that we have. And I'm a real private kind of person and I don't get into, you know, I'm not a real washy, wishy-washy kind of guy. And, but, you know, those are the guys that, you know, when the chips are down, they're there. And, you know, those those are the things you miss. You miss the kids. You miss the laughter. You miss the, you know, the kid that you never think will get on the field and he works and works and all of a sudden he is a player and every, no one, you know, no one thinks he's ever going to do it. And, you know, we, I've had several kids that, you know, I'm thinking, my gosh, if I've got to play that kid, we ain't going to win a game. And then he works and he lifts weights and he gets bigger and he develops and he gets confidence in himself and, and eventually he's a top quality player. And, you know, I never, I never judge a kid by his youth because you never know what a kid will be from the time he's 16 until he's 18. There's a big change that happens. And, and I think we've done a pretty good job up there of, of bringing kids along. And, and you just never know what they're going to be when they grow up. I think too many times we give up on people and, and oh, he can't ever do it because he made a mistake when he was young that, you know, and I've had kids that have made mistakes and have, and have been able to come back from those mistakes and, 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 and really do well for themselves. Who are some of the people that helped you along the way? You referenced that when we first started talking. Who are some of the coaches, some of the influence? I think I read an article today. You talked about um, – you know, running everything you saw on Saturday and Sunday, and then you, you changed your method, and obviously things have worked out since then. Talk about some of those influences. Well, I think that the first biggest influence on me was Steve Isaacs. And uh, he was my coach in high school. He gave me an opportunity to come down here to Virginia. He believed in me. You know, he was the first guy. He was a guy that, it, that when I got inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, he was a guy that spoke for me. And, and uh, you know, there's a whole lot of them. Um, and I talk a lot about Bill Shirley setting me down one day and saying, you do too much crap, find something that you do and do it well. And, and, you know, things will work for you, you know, stick to what you believe in. And, 
And I think when I first started, I had all these grandiose ideas about what you're supposed to do, and, and you see all this stuff going on, and, and it's really a simple game. Football is really simple, and I think sometimes we take ourselves too too seriously. And I watch, I watch college football coaches who make millions of dollars on Saturdays, and, and they've got a play that works, and they run it one time, and then they don't run it again for two quarters, and all of a sudden – you understand? You don't. You know, I don't understand why. It, it's like we're, we're too sophisticated. But I, but I think that being simple and, and being uh, and like Bill Shirley told me, you know, find something to do. Find two or three things, do them well, and then something that you can hang your hat on. Uh, you know, obviously Ray Norcross and Mike Kemp and Gene Wasix and the and the guys that, that I coach with the first year. You know, they they were really big about let's you know let's simplify things, and and we have and. I went from running everything under the sun the first year that I, I coached. We were 0 and 10 to to running three plays. I mean, it was really a drastic change. But uh, you, you know, we we started taking care of the little things, and 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 then everything else just kind of took care of itself. All right, uh, looking at now and and moving forward, um, you know, you're going to be at the school. Say I'm the head coach, and I came up to you right now saying, you know how do I keep this tradition alive? How do I keep what you've built alive? What would be some of your first uh, words of uh, advice to me? Well, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that there is an answer, the right answer to that because each one of us is, is different. We have our own ideas about things. And whoever comes to Riverheads can't be Robert Casto. He's got to be him. He can't do what I do. And, and, and I don't think anyone expects him to. Whoever is the coach at Riverheads needs to do what he does and, and, and have confidence in him. And, but the bottom line is real simple. It, it doesn't matter about X's and O's. It's about those kids that are out there that are going to play, and you have to motivate kids to believe that they're the best that can be out there. And, and, and I said this, and I've said it a bunch of times, you know, I, our kids are 5'6", but they think they're 6'6". Six, six. And, and <laughs> as long as kids believe that and believe that, that – that they can do anything and you have confidence in them, you know, X's and O's are just X's and O's. You know, the whole, the reason that you're successful is because of the kids and, and what you believe in and, and what they believe in. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what I know, it's what they know. And, and you know, I see a lot of these, everybody's got wristbands and all this stuff and they're calling 800 different plays and kids don't know what to do, you know, the big thing is if they know what they're doing and, and whoever that coach is, he has to you know, he has to have a plan, but he's got to get that plan to those kids. I know it's not your job to hire the next coach. Do you have any insight on who you think might be interested in that position? I, I've said this, uh, and I said it to our, to our principal and others. I, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of the hiring process. I, I am a physical education and driver education teacher. I'm a teacher in the building um, – I, I I don't want to be a part of it as far as that goes because I, I don't think that a new coach coming in can look over his shoulder thinking that I'm there looking and paying attention. You know, I, that's that's not me. I'm never going to be that guy that – I never micromanage my own coaches. I let them do their own thing. And I think that whoever is the coach there, you know, that's his baby and he's got to be the one that, that does what he does. I mean the, – I don't know what I don't know who they will hire. I have no idea. No one has talked to me about it. I know that there are several of our assistant coaches that are that, that want to stay, and I think that's great because there will be some continuity with our with our kids and whoever the new coach is. I hope he's smart enough to 
to keep keep some of the people that are there that want to be there. You know what players are scheduled to return that were on the roster that would be coming back as seniors or juniors next year, and you know who's coming up from JV. Most of the time it's August before I ask you this question, but what, what should the expectations be for Riverhead's football team in 2019? I was taught a long time ago um, you don't leave the cupboard bare, and I never left this cupboard bare at Riverhead's. We've got three all-state football players. We've got three returning offensive linemen and one of the best running backs we've had at Riverheads. And, and we've got some great young kids that are coming, and they're a good lineman in place. And we had a JV football team that was undefeated with a lot of good young kids, and if they're developed and brought along. And we've got a you know, little league football program, and I know people talked about this, but out of four, you know, we had a JV football team, a varsity football team, and three little league football teams that lost two games. All, all of them combined. So the talent is still there. It's not gone. Um, and I know that the work ethic of, that the kids have, you know, it's still there. And I don't believe that the cupboard's bare. And I'm a, I'm a total op- optimist and I always have been. I really, every year I think we're going to win the whole thing. And, and again, it, it's, it's there. The kids are there. Everything is there. Everything's in place. And, and again, we just have to see what you know what the the direction is that we want to go in, and, and you know what they want to do do with them. I mean, I know I, I know uh, Mr. Lowe, and, and 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 he's the principal of our school, and and he's a football guy. He's an athletic guy. I know he will hire someone that's right for Riverheads. Well, you coached me, and uh, I mean, most memorable coach that I ever had in any any sports that I had. I want to go back to 2000. Just to, that was the first state championship, so I think that's meaningful. Before, let's say before 1999, did you really think you were going to coach at a state championship and then from there on multiple state championships? Well, <laughs> I guess I have to be honest in all that stuff, and, and I'll answer it honestly, yes. I always knew that I was going to, and people might think you're a big-headed. I, I feel the same way for me as I do for the kids. I believe we were going to win, and I told our kids we were going to win, and I told them when I found the group of guys that were willing to work as hard as me and as work as hard as our coaches and were willing to do the things that we need and sacrifice, we were going to win a championship. I said that in 1996 when I took over, and I've always said that, and I st- continue to say it. And, you know, it, it's no different – if you, everybody wants to be a champion, and nobody, not everybody wants to work to be a champion, and it's true with the coaches too. We're all in the same thing. If if I don't believe I can do it, then how can I give that to the kids? How can the kids believe that we're going to win if I don't believe it? And you think that people don't sense that? So to answer that question, did I think we were going to win six state championships and be in seven? I never thought about it. I never sat there, sat around the house thinking, oh, man, I'm going to win seven. You never did the LeBron, you know, the three, then four. Then. No, I never. <laughs> no. But we won it once, and when we won it once, I knew we could do it again. And when we won it again, I knew we could do it again if you can do it once. And that's the thing that I never understood about this entire area. If Riverheads High School can win a state championship, why can't everybody? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a, a safe – question i don't mean to step on people's toes about stuff but buffalo gap won one in 07 why can't we win multiple state championships 
Do, do we have something in the water in Greenville that just makes our players so much better than everybody else five miles up the road, you know, eight miles up the road and 12 miles up the road? And, you know, I, I don't believe so. Um, now, the other end of that thing, how do we do it? If I had all those answers, I would write a book and I'd make a lot of money because I don't know the real answer to all those things. I'll, I'll go ahead and ask this question. This is probably more for the message boards from what I've read. There's a lot of talk about the difference between 1A and 2A and all that all that discussion. Okay. What are your thoughts between 1A and 2A? What, could Riverheads win multiple state championships playing at the 2A level? Well, yeah, we were in 2A and we competed pretty well. And, and I'll say this. We have 450 kids. You give me 800 kids, 750 kids – like some of the other teams that we play, you give me 750 kids, not 450, and I'll compete at 2A. I think that's fair enough. You know, they, they want to put us in a different thing. We've got, we have 450 kids, and we're playing against schools that have 750, 780, and we're competing just fine. Would we win year in and year out? Numbers are a big thing. There's a big difference between having, you know, almost twice as many kids, uh, and, and we've, we've, again, we play pretty well, but would we? You know, I don't know. We're not in that position. You know, we were in it for four years. We were competitive for four years. It took five years to win a state championship the first time. We were only in double-A four years, and we competed those four years. Played we, in a state semifinal. We were in a state semifinal. We lost to two state championship teams. Um, so, to answer that question, I, you know, I don't know that we would have, but – you know, we're put in a position to play single-A football because we are we are in that range, and that's where they put us. Um, and, and, I, and I'm not a big read-the-boards kind of stuff, but, you know, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, Riverheads just dominate, so let's put them in a different classification. Let's make them play 2A because, okay, we'll make Highland Springs play 6A instead of 5A. Or yeah. when Briarwood's won three in a row, why didn't you make them play 6A instead of 4A? I mean, you know, we just – I think that's just chatter for people to run their mouth, and 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 it's it's no different than any other thing. Whether you're Jeff Gordon as a race car driver or Nick Saban in Alabama, it's the human nature to to think that somebody's cheating or somebody's doing something wrong because they're winning. You know, we're doing things the right way. Our kids are doing things, and you know, leave us alone. They, that's where they put us, and that's where we play. And and who cares if we'll be in double A or triple A or wherever we are? We're playing where we're supposed to be, and we're not cheating, and we're not taking, you know. I've got 17 kids in some of my classes. I know we're, we're not hiding a whole bunch of kids anywhere. I mean, our numbers are <laughs> down, and, and our school was smaller than what it was. And, and I was there when we had 570, 580 kids, and you could tell a difference in the, in the hallways and the student body size and some things, but – I guess that answers your question. I, I, you know, we're in a position where we play a double A schedule. We play all, everybody in our district is double A. We fare pretty well. You know, we can compete with them. But what happens is when we get into the playoffs, we're so battle tested because we played so many quality players and quality teams, and and you know, sometimes when. And it's not anybody's fault, but when you play in a league where you have all your schools are 300 to 400 kids and you play no one that's bigger than that, or sometimes you're not battle-tested. And then whenever you get against a team that is battle-tested, then that team must be cheating. <laughs> but it's just geography. You know, we're, Region B has been a, a, a monster for so long that 
it's just the nature of where we play football. We play in, in an area where, you know, there are some big schools and we're stuck in where we're not big. Where our school size is not big. But, again, we compete just fine. All right, Coach. Well, I'm going to get you out of here. Um, I appreciate you coming on with me. Um, I know the whole Riverheads community is going to miss you. I, I kind of want to leave the last thoughts of this talk talking about the community and how it's it's visibly changed since you started coaching at Riverheads. I mean, there was always Red Pride. Red Pride didn't start when you came, yeah. but it has changed while you've been there, and it's become a, a more of a winning tradition than I think it was before. And whether you look at – you know, things you can't touch, like the, the community feeling and, and the Friday night fun or the things you can touch, the facilities that have gotten better, the field that is a whole lot better, the press box that's twice as high, the concession stand that's huge, the field house that's bigger. You know, talk about the, the impact you've had on the community from, from your sense, from how you view it and, and what you've seen change around you and, and, and how that makes you feel. Well, I think we've come a long way. Um, you know, they they were red pride in it long before Robert Castle got to Riverheads. There was still pride in, in that community, and and you know, I've just been a small part of it. You know, football is not the only sport at Riverheads High School that's successful. Our baseball teams won state championships. Our soccer teams, our girls' volleyball teams have been in state champ. You know, but as a whole, uh, all of our programs have gotten better. Now, I don't know. I think part of it is all of our kids play everything. Um, and, and the community part of it, you know, we build a monster up there. And, that, you know, that's, let's don't look away. There's a monster at Riverheads. I mean, it is. And, and sometimes people take that for granted. And, you know, they think that they've, they are entitled to, to certain things. But, you know, our community has been great. They've been very supportive of what we do. They travel well with our program. They're the first ones to give back to whatever we need to get. You know, we have great facilities. Yes, we do. And, and everything that we have, people put a lot of time and a lot of money into. We, our, our parents and our, our boosters clubs and the things and the people that are, that are, that are part of, of what we do up there, they take pride in what we do. And we're a first-class organization. We don't travel second class. We take charter buses when we go to playoff games. And, and our kids are fed extremely well. And our, we're clothed. And, and our kids are in the best uniforms they can possibly be in. We play in front of packed houses. We shoot fireworks off Friday nights. I mean, you know, but those are part of, of what winning programs are about. Our, our practice uniforms look better than some teams' game uniforms. But that's the pride that you take in what you're doing. And, and I think a lot of that comes back to our school believes in not just football, but all of our sports. Our county believes in that. And, and you know, sports are a big part of our life. They're, they're, you know, I, I know that a lot, of, a lot of young people sometimes forget how to conjugate verbs and they don't remember about Mark Twain and all that. But, but they remember, and I had a kid today, you know, you remember back in 2000 and whatever, and we did this, and I, I agree, but most of the time I don't remember, but they do. <laughs> you know, they remember all those things, and, and you know, that, that's the big part of the whole thing. I mean, our community certainly has rallied behind us. And, and, and I said, and, and I'm not going to get off track here, but, you know, th th there's a lot of people that won't play us. 
we're traveling hours to play games and there's people in our own backyard that won't play us. Now, I don't understand why as a program you would travel two and a half hours to play a game and get beat by 40 points or you could travel 20 minutes up the road and get beat by 40 points. <laughs> and, and our folks will come to your place and buy your hot dogs and pack your stands and do all that. It's the same exact same thing. 40 points is 40 points and loss is a loss, but why travel two and a half hours when you can travel 20 or 30? <laughs> you know, I know that's kind of sour, you know, but, but I get to the point where we've been, you know, we've got schools all around us that won't play us and, and our poor football kids are going to have to get on three charters. Three charters to be able to go to a three-hour game for no reason. For why? I mean, I'm not a bad guy. I mean, our kids aren't they're not bad kids. They're, they're not mean. Our parents don't tear stuff up. We're, we're very hospitable people, and I just don't understand that whole thing. It just kind of befuddles me why, for whatever reason. I mean, you know, there's, there's a vent. I, I get a vent on your, on your program. But. <laughs> well, Coach, thanks for coming on with me. I do want to talk to you again. Uh, I know we talked at length before, and uh, I was planning on getting that with you here soon about – off-season practices. I still think your opinion will be relevant when we do talk about it, but uh, I'll let it go for now. Uh, thank you for 23 years at Riverheads and uh, everything you've done for the program and the community. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, you know it's it's been quite a ride. It's been you know it's been fun, and and I you know I told you when I first started, and, and I'm not the guy sitting here saying, oh, I'm coming back, but I'm still a young fella. I just know that right now I feel better than I felt in a long, long time, and I want to enjoy my health while I can. And and, and for me, that's as big a reason as, as any is why I'm stepping down from, from coaching. You know, I, I feel good, and I want to be able to go do things and experience things. And my wife and I talked about it. You know, I'm not even Catholic, but I'd love to go to Notre Dame someday and watch the Irish come out in the house that Newt Rockney built. You know I mean? I, and I'll never experience that, you know, now, you know, maybe I'll be so decrepit that they'll wheel me in there and see the thing. But, you know, I'd like to be able to see stuff like that. There's things I want to do and things that we want to do, and, and, and I think it's time for me to be able to do some of those. All right, Coach. Thanks for coming on with us. Thank you. All right, so that was the interview with Coach Robert Casto. Joe, you've listened to it. I was there for it. Just some of your immediate thoughts hearing hearing the news today. Let's let's start there. You you heard the news this morning. What were your immediate reaction? Well, my immediate reaction was that I was surprised. Um, I didn't think we would see this this year. Um, but you know, I mean, he's won three in a row. He's been to four in a row. He's the, the, I guess the only thing left to do is win four in a row, which, you know, whoever the new coach co that comes in, I know he didn't want to give expectations, but I, I think everyone else will. And Riverhead should be expecting to go back to Salem. So that's going to be out there. And I, I, I think the Shenandoah district fan bases are going to feel better. Um, you joked about it right before we came back on, uh, that a lot of one, a fan bases are going to feel better and you're probably right. But that being said, depending on who this no new coach is, and I, I think that's the big question out of this and that's, that's secondary, but it's now become the primary now that, you know, people have had, you know, time to kind of process this information of, okay, coach Castro is retiring. He's not going to be there anymore. 
uh, now what happens? And who is that new person? Is it someone that's already on the staff that is familiar with this system, is going to run this system? Is it an outside hire that's going to try to do something new? Uh, and that's the big question. Um, if it's somebody in-house, I, I like Riverheads to win a state championship uh, because it's the same system. And these kids at this point have had this system ingrained in them throughout their entire playing career. I don't think a new person coming in is going to mess that up, at least year one. Uh, a, yeah. a totally outside hire that comes in and says, hey, I want to run a spread offense. Well, okay, <laughs> then I'm going to have some questions because I don't think Riverhead's going to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, they don't have the players for it. Yeah, I mean, they, and, they and they that's don't. the thing, right? They They haven't learned that. They're not used to that. And as you said, they don't have the players for it. Uh, I think you have to be a fool to come in there and just try to just change the direction. I just think it would be a very bold move to come in there and say, wow, this has really worked for 20 years. Uh, let's take a left-hand turn. I, I think that would be really bold. Um, I agree with you, though. Yeah, if someone comes in, if it's an outside hire, I'm going to have a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. I still think there is good talent, good football talent there. So even if it's an outside hire and it's similar but a little bit tweaked, I'm still going to probably have high projections for it just because these kids work hard in the way they do. They do the standard football things that it takes to be good football players. They work hard. They are coachable. They've, they've been coachable. They'll continue to be coachable for whoever the new coach is. So if he is putting in something new, they're going to listen to him and they're going to you know try hard and put in the hard work. So I, it's going to take a lot for a lot different for me to say Riverhead's isn't have that same goal, even, even without coach Castor there, my reaction was surprised though. When he talks about thinking about it for the last couple of years, I've been present for some of those conversations, you know, off air conversations that where he's talked about, uh, not, you know, not doing anymore. And so I was surprised at the timing this year. Like you said, I thought, he, I thought he might, I thought I would know when it was coming and I didn't. And, uh, so I was a little surprised, but then, I mean, I think I read the headline and I had emailed him saying, hey, I want to get you on our podcast tonight. So I was able to, uh, you know, drop, get my jaw back up and keep moving because it wasn't just a shocker. It was a, it was like, OK, well, here's that. We're we're going to that now. Um, I was really interested to hear um, the pride that it seemed to come from him sitting in the same room as I mean, maybe he didn't come over on a podcast, but. I think he's proud that he's left this program better than it was when he got there. And, uh, and I think any coach is going to want to do that. Want to try to do that. I think he's proud of the fact that as he said, the, you know, the cupboard isn't bare. And so I'm, I, I take a lot of pride in that, that he was a coach there and he has, he, he cares that much more about what he has done and what he's leaving in place. And so I was kind of impressed with that from him. Not that it's unexpected, but just that that was kind of an early thought in his mind uh, that he's he's leaving a, a pretty decent thing going at Riverheads. Yeah, uh, and, you know, what I took away from it was he's, despite all the great success and accolades that everyone tells him about, and, you know, rightfully so, he's accomplished quite a bit while he's been at Riverheads, uh, and you were, you were congratulating him on a lot of that during the interview as well. What I took away is, from his responses is how incredibly humble he was, and I don't, think that that's an act you know when 
when someone like Urban Meyer says stuff like that, I do think it's an act. I don't believe a word he says. When Coach Casto was saying it, I, I could hear it in his voice. I wasn't in the room. I can't see him. But you can hear it in his voice that it comes from a sincere place. Um, it, that Riverheads football was here before me. It'll be here after me. And, you know, he just even the, touched the on... The field might be named after him soon or something. Well, sure. But <laughs> he even touched on the other athletic programs there at Riverheads that have had success and said, look, this... This pride is great for the football team, but it's been here before with other sports too, and it will keep being that way. And this community gets behind these kids and the importance of the community. And I think that that is the really important thing to take away from this is seeing the community. The community is going to miss him. Whether he misses being there on Friday night or not, no matter who this next person is, and this is the one thing that I will say, whoever that person is, I won't envy them. Even though he's not going to micromanage, the first time there's a mistake on a Friday night or a call that they don't agree with, like if coach Casto goes for it on fourth down, fans got used to it. He was winning state championships doing it. So they, nobody really complained. If yeah, this can, coach goes for it on just, fourth down and misses, people are going to be like, Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I can start blindly questioning the coach again. I always have to like on the radio on Friday nights. I was like, well, he knows more than I do. He's one. I can now just, you know, wean that out and say, yeah, he shouldn't go for it here. Like I do everybody else in the area. I, yeah, it's it, someone's going to have a lot to earn, like, and that's big shoes to fill. I think with how the cupboard isn't empty, as we've said, will help in that transition. I think if you can come in there and win one or two right after and, and carry some momentum, if you go on and win some more after that, it's, it's that much easier to continue at that point. But then also you can maybe start to make a name for yourself. You know, you if they win a lot next year, whether it's a state championship or just a bunch of games, coach Castro is still going to get some credit in four years is the test, you know, three, four years from now is the test of, you know, what that next coach is on their own. Now you can still have the culture ingrained in the kids that are coming up and it's still the younger brothers, but you know, once in three years, coach Castro won't really be getting any more credit if they're still winning. And I, th- I think it's very, it's, it's set up to where it can continue. It just, it's going to take the right hire. I, I liked your comments right there about the community. I, I was there. I came through high school when that community adjusted to winning. And I said that in the interview, red pride's always been there. Red pride was there before he, he said it too. It became a winning thing in two thousands and, and forward. It was red pride in the nineties, but not a lot of sports were doing a lot of winning and um, maybe in the seventies and in there, there was some winning. It was, it was a historic thing. It was the old school red pride, red pride became current when I was in high school and and I was on that 2000 team, the first one to win it. I, I, my argument, and I didn't say it to him. Yeah. There's a lot of winning in a lot of other sports and there's community. There's a lot of banners on that wall since the year 2000. And I don't, I can't ignore the fact that the football team paved a road to tell these athletic players at Riverheads that they can compete on the highest level. And I think prior to 2000, there was big questions, maybe some wrestlers and some guys and some individual things. Maybe they really thought it, but I think as team sports, I think the year 2000 really changed things at Riverheads and it gave everybody the idea that they could go to the highest level and win. And I know I was playing on basketball. I was playing on baseball. Our baseball team wasn't very good, but we, we had a different kind of believe in at that point than that had been there previously before 2000. So I think that culture was really created and it was under, under his watch. Yeah. Uh, and he's been a very good coach there for the past 23 years at Riverheads and he's, 
uh, going to be missed by a lot of people there, and he's definitely a part of that program's history and will be for the rest of time. Um, yeah, his name's going to be up there somewhere. Maybe not the field. And there's already a lot of stuff named around the football team, but something's going to get named after him, and he can he can wipe that off, and he can say that he doesn't deserve all the credit. He, he's right. He doesn't deserve all the credit, but him and his coaching staff are the constant. There's been two things constant at Riverheads, and that's Coach Casto, Coach Dorcross, and Coach Hemp, and Coach Wasick, and winning. That's the the that staff and the winning have been constant. The players have all changed, and that stayed constant. And it's because he's been the captain of the ship, and he's known how to steer it correctly. And whether Coach Norcross has come up with a really good defensive plan, or whether Coach Hemp has coached up the the linemen or the wide receivers, or Coach Wasick has really developed some JV players. Coach Casto has directed that ship correctly to do it, and he deserves he deserves some credit on a on a nameplate on a on a building or on a field or sitting on the fence or on the concession stand. I don't know, I don't know where what they name for him, but whatever they want to name is going to be due, and that's that's fine. And I'd have to think the Virginia State Hall of Fame is going to come calling it at some point too, and and he deserves that too. And and we'll get to hear his quotes then that he it's a lot of other people and it's all about the kids and. There's truth to that, but at some point, I, w- I hope he realizes he's done really good work up there, and I think he, I think he does. He's just not quick to admit that. Yeah, well, and that's his prerogative. And yeah, going into the reasons that he chose to retire, I respect that. Um, he touched on it briefly. There's a lot of people who don't recognize that time, and they wait until they can't enjoy retirement, and yeah. you lose them almost immediately when they retire. So the fact that he feels healthy and he wants to enjoy that, I respect that. I respect yeah. the heck out of it, and I wish him the best in retirement. I hope, yeah, I, I love that it's not health forcing him out. It's health encouraging him to enjoy life. That is really a good way of looking at it. And uh, I thought it was really interesting on the, on the kind of the opposite side of that, that he says he's not going to go interview other places and he's going to be teaching at Riverheads and, you know, he doesn't want to coach somewhere else. You know, let's say the next coach comes in there really successful and he gets the itch again. Maybe down the road he does decide to go somewhere else. I I, I don't necessarily see that. I don't want to see that. But it's all, you know, the availability has to be there. And if, if he wants to coach football again and someone else is being real successful, it could be hard for him. But um, it's interesting. Now, that was one of the more interesting things I heard him say tonight was he's not going anywhere else. You know, that makes me happy to a point that uh, that I won't have to start cheering for a different team as well as my alma mater. So. Yeah, well, uh, so, time will tell with that, but yeah. As for who's next, I think it's wide open. I don't... I, I do too. I don't think... There's no disrespect to anybody else on that staff. There's the crew that's been there forever. I really could only imagine, having played on the football team... Coach Norcross having the kind of command that you would need to be head coach. From what I understand, and this is not from Coach Casto, this is not from Coach Norcross, just from what I've heard in the past as Robert had tried to prepare people that he was leaving, that I don't I don't think he's going to be that interested in being head coach. Um, so then it starts to go to some of the other coaches, maybe the younger player, the younger coaches. I don't know if any of them are, are to that point. So I do think it's going to be a somewhat outside person coming in and that could be anybody. It could be an assistant from another school. It could be a head coach from another school, or it, it, from locally, especially, or it could come from way outside. It's going to be really, really interesting to see who goes in there. I think the other 
added pressure from whoever that next coach is with as much talent as they're inheriting is another sport, another school. But we saw Coach Mickens take a loaded Ari Lee team to a state championship and win it his first year. And he had to kind of put the pieces together rather quickly, like right before the season started. The day and, of the game, yeah. Yeah, and so that that is going to be... And I hope what people in this area realize is that's not the rule. That's the exception. Um, that's yeah. not what usually happens. Usually a coach in his first year will not be able to do that. Um, I think there's two factors for that. I think the talent on Ari Lee was really, really high that year. Uh, and I think Coach Mickens is one heck of a coach. And Ari Lee is lucky to have him. And so I hope that whoever this new person is, and I'm not, that's not saying if this new person doesn't win a state championship next year. Oh, he's not a good coach. And he, well, if Coach Castro didn't win next year, you wouldn't look at it like he wasn't right. a good coach. So you I have think to that's that how people need standard. to look at it. People need to look at it as you need to give this guy a chance. You need to let him, as Coach Castro said, um, you need to let him be himself. He is yeah. not going to be Robert Casto. He is going to be a, a person of his own, and people need to let him be that. And I, I hope the Riverheads community will give him that chance and not be a fan base that is uh, one of these fan bases that, you know, uh, well, you didn't go to a state semifinal or state championship year one. Uh, that's what we're used to. So hot seat starts now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I would hope not. I, I will say, and I think I've said it on Fridays, I think the fan base there, there's there's a now a generation, it seems like, of fans and players that, have only known winning at Riverheads. And I, I mean, I came up in knowing that Riverheads went 0 and 10 and, and was terrible. So it was a new thing. Now there's these, these guys that are 18 years old. Uh, that was the first year we won a state championship at Riverheads. So they've only known that in their life as uh, that Riverheads is great. And so um, maybe a little bit spoiled up there, but it's all been because people have put in the hard work to earn those championships and everything that they've done. So uh, the fan base has benefited from it. But, I, you know, I would imagine the streak of state championships are not going to continue. <laughs> You're not going to win six straight. You know, it's just unlikely. And it's unlikely if Coach Casto is there either. So I think it's interesting. I do – the only thing we know for sure, and this is kind of my final point of all this, is what I thought about late in the day today, is that for the first time in, you know, 22 years, there's something different at Riverheads. It's been a constant up there. Winning, we know we can put them down for eight-plus wins, if not ten, and it's going to be something different at Riverhead. There might be some of the same staff. It's going to be a lot of the same players, but there's going to be something different, and that'll be fun to talk about come August. Yeah, and you know we'll save that conversation for August, and we'll save more critique of the next Riverhead coach until we know who it is. Um, yep. You know, right now this is all speculation, and you know, again, uh, congratulations to coach Casto. I'm not very much. So yeah. I'm not, I haven't been raised in this community. Um, so I don't have the strong emotional attachment that you did. I didn't go there. I didn't play for him. But that being said, uh, you don't have to have grown up in this community to recognize greatness. And that's what coach Casto has been at Riverheads is greatness. Uh, he's won numerous state championships, uh, six been to seven, uh, he's won three in a row to close his career. That's one heck of a way to close your coaching career. <laughs> and if it's a way to do anything in your career, <laughs> yeah, if he never <laughs> steps on the sideline as a head football coach again, I think he can hold his head up high knowing that he is 
and it just based on the few words that he gave us and you know hearing you talk about him not just in this episode but in general i mean he's touched a lot of people's lives and i think especially at the high school level you heard him touch on that that's the most important thing is helping kids mature and grow up to be adults and that's what he's done and he did one heck of a job at that he has no doubt i think that's a great way to say it so with that we'll uh finish talking about that for today i'm sure we'll have comments here and there as our podcast moves forward i want to remind all those listening we do this every week joe and i go back and forth on uh especially local topics but we also dive into college and pros so uh, come back subscribe uh right there however you got to us this time this is the same way you can get to us any other time for the podcast uh follow us on twitter we're on facebook interact with us uh yak sports pod is our at gmail is our email however you want to get in touch with us we'll take you um and uh, come back and listen to us more we'll be back tuesday with uh reactions to the first week of the nfl playoffs and uh, it's been fun talking to you tonight joe out of schedule yeah out of schedule and usually for people um also if this is your first one uh, we're usually more argumentative but this one is pretty easy to be <laughs> yeah. on the same page so if you if you are into more debates, now we're not going to scream at each other, but if you're into spirited <laughs> debates, that's our thing. So, again, I, thanks I, to Coach. I, I just want to thank Coach Casto for taking the time to talk to you and yeah. uh, let us uh, air this interview again. Uh, that means a lot to us. It was very nice of him. Uh, my biggest thing, uh, as we talk in here, I don't know how to work in that UMBC beat UVA in basketball, but we just you're not allowed it. because you don't support the 16 team playoff, which is I the one true fair playoff. 16 team playoff. Let's get out of here. That's the debates we have during the week. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.